welcome back to another episode of Squeaky Bum Time. I'm here once again with the main man, Keish, who's wearing an American football jersey. I'm the 12th man. Oh, you're the 12th man? Yeah, I'm the 12th man. But it's the wrong sport. <laughs> it's the wrong sport. American football is not soccer, as they would like to call it. But we have two stars alongside us. Very, very warm welcome to Malaysia for the very first time. The one and only Stylian Petrov. I think we'll call you Stan. It might be easier. Your nickname, of course. Thanks, Adam. I've been really impressed. And I've been I feel really welcomed uh, at Malaysia. It's been an incredible journey so far. I, I was, hope it stays that way. Well, I was a bit worried <laughs> because we left you alone with the one and only Kevin Campbell. He's such a bad influence on, on everybody. I'm joking. I'm joking, You Kevin. better be joking. Of course you know I am. I'm always joking when it comes to you. You're full of life. You're vivacious and joie de vivre. And how many burpees did you do this morning? Uh, just the 50. Three pumps. This is just before, but I might get some more in. You're a three-pump man. Before the show later. I'm joking, you're not a three-pump man, no, except no. when it comes to burpees. It actually comes to 150. There you go. <laughs> can, you, can you just explain your little workout? Because you were telling Stan and I, yeah. you don't do weights, you don't do the gym. Don't do the gym, don't do weights. Mostly burpees is the staple. But it's not one push, one pump, yeah. up, you do three. Yeah, do three pumps, three pumps, and then up. Oof, so. He's a machine. But, that is intense. But there is, there is a 22 count burpee that I've been doing as well. Explain. So you count 22. So from standing, hands on the floor is one, out two, press up three, up four, squat five, six back. So you do that until you get to 22. He's going to put a lot of the CrossFit guys here over in I Malaysia know. to shame. I, I'm worried about his floorboards at home, I'm sure. <laughs> can, can you say it again? I'm there, right? Yeah, down. I, I know you're not <laughs> you, it's, I just find it incredible because I've discovered Kev hardly sleeps. He's on yeah, that's night. the other thing that last week I discovered as well, hardly sleeps. I, I definitely sleep, listen. <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, it's a machine. I, I definitely sleep. I need my sleep. I need my beauty sleep. Uh, uh, but Kev, you know, he's, he's mind is sharp. He thinks all the time. He's, he's on the ball all the time. Not just about football, politics, uh, market stuff. That's incredible. Life. He must be well he must rounded. be reading a lot when he don't well, sleep. Well rounded, well rounded. I think that's important. Self education, because uh, you can't leave it to the the media. Yeah. A lot of the time to give you the answers. Well, I, I realise you have to be sharp if you're really good mates, one of the best mates with someone like Ian Wright, who himself is very sharp. Very sharp. And, you know, going back to those days for both of you, you you're, you're not just players, you're captains. You're captains of your respective sides throughout your careers. There's leadership material in you. And when you're with someone like Ian Wright and as your career progressed, team bonding, it's something that fascinates mm. me. You always hear about teams, if they're not doing well, Sometimes they'll have a team bonding session and things will be all right. Yeah. What, what happens during team bonding? Do you just sit around drinking coffee or is there more to it than that, Kev? To you first. There's, no, I think there's more to it than that. What you have to do when you're captain, I'm, I'm sure Stan will, will elaborate on what he's saying, is you've got to understand who the characters are mm. in your dressing room because not everybody kind of gets on. But when you go out as a group, as the captain, you have to glue everything together. So you might go for a day at the races or you might decide, right, we're going to go out for lunch or we're going to go bowling or we're going we're gonna to do something like that. Or for a drink. Yeah, but there's, there's, <laughs> there's, but there's always, but there's always, there's always 
that element of who is there, the characters, and you know people prefer to sit with each other and stuff like that. So you've got to try and integrate everybody. And um, you do that by sometimes you do games. And, what know, kind of are we? What kind of games are we talking? Laser tag, laser quest, or um, <laughs> not quite laser quest. Paint let's ball. put it that way. Paintball. Or, or paintball. Paint I mean, but you, you can do that. Go kart. Go kart. Go kart. Yeah. Crazy golf or something. But a lot of the time, as Stan alluded to, drink is involved because what you want people to do, you want people to let their hair down and mm. relax because you're going to get the best of people if they're unguarded. Mm. Unfortunately, Kev, it's, it's, it's something interesting about you mentioning about dealing with individuals. You know, we're always talking about uh, a big group and, you know, different characters, but Kev, you made a, a great point about we're dealing with different individuals and characters and they're like little pieces mm. and you have to put them together as a captain, Jigsaw. as somebody, yeah, as somebody, I, I, I love, I always wanted to be first in training, and I'll tell you why. Because this is where you find out about character, who is what, who mm. can, who comes in first in the door, who is last, their attitudes, their body language. This is this everything matter because we don't really deal with with problems on the pitch. Nobody deals with about a player about can you pass the ball, you know, good tactically. There's nothing like that. Everything is like a normal life. He's a normal person. Mm. You know what? His wife is not, you know, having a go with him and the kid's not sleeping and he's having a problem with his family or financially he's not, he's, he's not where he wants to be. There's a lot of things that you have to, you have to measure because you're the person who will not just measure it, not just find the, the issue, but you have to fix it. And this is the biggest problem. How do you fix it? What do you do? And you said about, you know, having a drink. We as a human beings, when you have a little drink, you tell the truth, you feel more relaxed. You, you know, they say when you have a drink, you become brave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You tell things, you, you, you open up. And I've seen with a lot of players, but with the players, it's about, it's about you know what, because of the, the headlines of everything, what, you, the, what, you, what you're doing, what, where you're going to training, what you do after the game, before the game, during the game, interviews, everything. Sometimes players just need to relax, just calm down, just get away yeah, from these things. Yeah, forget about that. Yeah, because if you don't get away from this thing, the stress becomes too much. And we've seen it. You said different generation is not. The pressure is still the same. You have to, the demand to become a footballer is very high. Yeah. But you have to sacrifice so much. And not many people are ready to sacrifice. Yeah. Just yesterday, actually, to be fair, uh, me and uh, our producer, Ash, we were speaking to a, uh, a footballer who's currently playing in Malaysia, mm -hmm. and he was previously part of the Spurs under-21 setup, um, an Australian football, uh, defender. Gigi. Gigi, yes, yeah. Gigi. So we were talking to Gigi, and Gigi was saying, he is this incredibly infectious personality, mm -hmm. and he says that all throughout his career, he's had to be that guy in the dressing room, the one that organises you know, trips outside to have meals or drinks or to chill and the guy that keeps the team together throughout your experiences in many different dressing rooms who is the one standout glue during a lot of these team bonding activities well i don't know just similar to stan i was always first in and i think you get a lot of respect from your your, your teammates and your peers when they see you committed fully committed that's very important but being, being the glue, there are quite a few individuals who are jokers, mm. okay? 
and the ones who play practical jokes, that they're not necessarily the glue, but they help mm. bond the glue. Yeah. So if I'm captain, I would set the I would set the stage. Okay, guys, what we're gonna do? We after training, we're gonna go for a meal, um, at a restaurant, and there's you know 24 spaces. The problem, I, and and this is the truth. The problem I had growing up is when I was young, I was training with the first team, but I wasn't part of the first team group so when they got time to go to a meal or got invited to a pr film premiere or whatever i was probably number 30 on the list yeah mm. so i couldn't go you were the I, kid i was the kid mm. and it used to frustrate me it used to drive me mad and then obviously you've got to qualify so i, I made sure you do the business and then you qualify then you get to go then when you get to go you're part of this this group and you remember you, 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 your top flight so everybody's looking at you everybody knows who you are it's important but there's always one hub and usually that's the captain and Kev you, you know the, the, the funny thing is that I've experienced the same thing you know as a young boy you know part of the group but that's why we talk about adaptation you're adapting you're updating yourself mm -hmm. When you become a, 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 a captain, when you become in that position that maybe you felt you were left out, you do it differently. You add on to it. You make sure that young kid is not left he's, out. He's part of the He's group. not left out. If he needs to be challenged, you mm. challenge him. If you need to welcome him in a different way, you have to do it. This is where you learn from the best and you learn sometimes from the worst. You, you try to do things that is not working before you try to do it in a different way and that's why it carefully you know with a young because you become a character when you're young you build up your character you build up your personality and that happens from the older players yes. yeah they give you um i've i've at aston when i was at aston villa because at celtic i was a young boy and that for me was a learning process i was picking things i was looking i had five different captains you know and i had four probably very good and one really bad. But from the really bad, I've learned you the learn, most of you it. You learn most, mm. yeah. Most of it. What yeah. not to do. Yes. What not to do. The other one showed me what to do, but what not to do and how to get better. And this is the big thing. This is a big thing and it makes a huge difference. Why don't we go back to before you became captains? Because I'm not saying this to knock Tony Adams, but he had a reputation at the time and he was your captain and half he was the, captain half at the 21. team, <laughs> well, half team yes uh, the yeah. famous example would be tony and he, he's of course completely turned his life around i think yeah. he's an inspiration to so many we've done work with him mm. i love tony adams yeah, but what was it like for you as a young kid being surrounded by these older players who more than enjoyed a drink let's just say well here's the here's the crazy thing adam they were older but not older I mean, at the time I was 17, 18 years old. These guys are 21, 22 years old. It's not as if they're... Uh, David O'Leary is the older one who's like 28, 29, 30. So, you, you know, there was a... We were a young squad and the young squad to bond used to go and have a drink and used to go out on a Tuesday. We called it the Tuesday Club. Now, for years I couldn't get in because there's only a certain amount who will go. Well, you were also underage, technically, with the start. No, no, of course you were, but I couldn't get in. Yeah. That's my point. 
get to 18 now and then you're um i made my first team debut at 18 and then you see how the first team do it i mean traveling in a way away on the coach and you're getting fed on the coach you, you got people who are serving you on the coach and, and stuff like that and you're like wow is this what it's like because when you're when you're coming through the youth team and reserve you're getting nothing like that <laughs> so so that's the level but what i must say is because the pressure is so intense because there's no outlet for it there's no you know a pressure cooker has the uh, has the the top that comes up and lets the steam out for a, a, a body for a footballer how does he let off steam he's got to let off steam in a in the right way but in an environment that is cool so although the boys used to go out and have a drink and stuff like that it was all done controlled most of the time mm. <laughs> that's what i will say most of the time so to be able to get invited on that you never overstep the mark and then when you go as a youngster because the others are, are young as well and there's quite a few boys from south london in there rock Grove castle thomas Paul Davis, those guys, and David Hiller came through with me, we're both South London boys. We kind of, it was easy to bond with, with mm. the first team players because not only had we done their boots, <coughs> cleaned their boots, not only had we sung for them at Christmas, because that's what you did. That's These are the things that are demanded of you when you're coming through. But that's how they gauge whether you're okay or not. Yeah. You know, this this is something that is missing at the moment. That was taken away now from the young kids, yes. you know, cleaning the boots. I remember when I was young, you, you bond with the older players. You, you're around them, you know, cleaning the boots. Is, you get closer to what is the first team. This is this is how you you become, you know, a better person. But for Tony Allens, you know, we see people judging from outside and what is his issues and habits and stuff like that. But I have a great respect because what he managed to do is like, he forgot about his own problems. And when he when he was in a team environment, it's about what is good for the team, what I have to do, what I what direction I have to stir this mm -hmm. this those boys to be successful. Mm. And this is a strong character. This is you know, people question and they always question, but to get away from all these questions and making sure that you do the right things, this is it's natural leader. Yeah. You have to have it in you. And you said about the captains, you know, young, you either have it or don't yeah. have it. Yeah. That's the way it goes. It's not such thing. You develop, you adapt, but you either have it or you don't. I've seen a lot of captains that they've been pushed to be there, and you're thinking he's out of his depth. Mm -hmm. he, he cannot do it. He, he don't have in him. You know, mm. when when it matters, like I defend the cause, I'll sacrifice what I believe, but for the good of for the good the of the of the group, the group, I will do it, and I have to. It's an egos, yeah? Yes. Mm. You know, big leader is about yeah. egos and you have to break your egos to make sure you take the right path and the right decisions for, for the good of the cause and the team. The group, yeah. do, do you see any difference then? I mean, you've been a part of a foot... You're one of the unique group of players that have played in the 90s and even towards the late 2000s as well. Do you see a major difference in how team bonding activities or just team bonding in general took place in those two different eras? Because that was the point in which football started to really transition into a whole new brave world at that point. So do you see a difference in the 90s and the late 2000s? Huge, huge. Uh, and you know, the funny thing is, is, is down to the, the markets, individuals, the forms. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he is. He is. And, I, and I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you why, because 
now you have agents you've got people around you they advise you don't do this don't do that you know people go together don't do it this is not good for you this is not before it was nothing like that mm -hmm. you've got the captain and he goes that's what we do mm -hmm. that's what is good for the team bonding now and it's is the way the world is going the players become very strong brands we, we discussed that last yeah, night yeah. they become very powerful they become even more powerful than the team sometimes. You see, you see, uh, <laughs> no, but it is, it is a problem and it will become a bigger and bigger problem. Mm. We've seen it transition from one, one area to another and you know what, there's a positive, there's negatives, mm. it's always that way. Mm. But when you weigh up, I'll rather have somebody who leads the team in the right direction. That's why successful teams are so good. Yeah. You know, you only have success if you have togetherness. There's no such a thing, you know, individual. It, Certain moments he'll be he'll be the star he'll be that, but the most of the season, the most of the year, the most of the length of the time together, it's about the team performance. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called team sport. It's mm -hmm. not individual. Yeah. You know, we'll be in athletics, we'll be in a, a a different sport. Tennis, if you're individual, football is a team sport, and people don't understand. Some individuals don't understand, and that and this is where it becomes really hard for the captains, for the leaders now to stand yeah. their authorities and go, you know, this is what we do. Look at Man City. Man City now is really difficult, you know, young young boys, you know, powerful brands, but it seems like they've got togetherness. They've got that yeah, yeah. that uh, that really a good communication ethic, between. Yeah, good ethic, mm. and it's not just on the pitch, over the pitch the as well. Pitch. I mean, we're talking about Jack Greenish, Haaland, mm. Foden, you know, having a having a a nice fun banter, you know, what on online and making sure that you know people see we're together, we we fight together even through a difficult moment. And this is what a lot of people don't understand, but it's definitely have changed so, a Stan, lot. that's a great point. And if we go back to, luckily, 80s. Mm. I started in the 80s. Yeah. You know that, you know that. Old right? Yeah, I started in the 80s, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I made my debut in 88. Mm. When I look at the, how things were in 88, these phones, you can forget. If you went out, everybody would see you, they would respect you, but they, they won't coming over for selfies and doing all that kind of thing. Phones then obviously started to come in to play a major part when the cameras on the phone started to mm. come in. When the cameras on the phone started to come in, then people could clock you. And not being funny, but Sometimes when players like to let their hair down, they let their hair down mm. because it's that pressure cooker, yeah. letting the, the stress off. But when you've got people trying to take videos on, and, and, and pictures of you, and we've seen many players have got themselves into problems because either they're trying to stop the, the phone, it, people taking it, they smash the phone or whatever. So this, this goes from the 80s, the difference from the 80s and 90s, from the 90s to the 2000s, etc. These things are so much more powerful now. Social media comes in. You can't get away from anything now. So what do you do? Everything has to go more private. And that's what the players do now. The players do, if they're going to do anything, because they bond, the players do drink. Mm. Don't get, they do drink, not a lot, not like we did back then, but they do drink, mm. but they will do it all privately mm. because the look of things now the first thing people say, he's earning £200,000 a week mm. and he's having a drink.
Yeah, Kev, you, you know, the, it's a funny thing, you know, <laughs> we always go back to the problem of money, you know, mm. everybody judge you. Uh, but we forget one thing, we're just human beings. Yeah. You know, mm. that, I scored great goals, you scored great goals, you defended, you played in a big games. But when you come off of that uh, environment, you're just a normal person. You deal with the, with, the, with the same problems, you know, Adam, with you, you know. You, you've got a friend and, 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 you know, calling you about a problem or a family or, you know what, you have a rough night or you wake up and you're feeling crap, mm -hmm. you know. You don't want to do anything, but you have to do it and you have to face cameras and you have to put that face... You've got to perform. Yeah. Mm. You've got yeah. to perform. Yeah. Listen, and you, you've had a barney with the missus. The fans don't. Care whether you've had a party with the missus. Well, it's match day. You better perform. Well, it's uh, it's like recently Paul Scholes revealed that he didn't tell anybody about his son being autistic mm. when he was first diagnosed. He didn't even tell the manager. Yeah. It was just he had to handle it himself. And you realise if Paul Scholes was a problem and you have, say, a squad of 25 players, 35 if you include youth team and first team training, Everybody will have their own issues, and you have to manage all that. That's, That's right. a lot of people. Lot of people. Uh, you know, he's, he's saying that I'm a big fan of Paul Scholes. I mean, he's one of my favourites midfielders, and I've managed to play against him, and I follow him on the social media as well. Obviously, mm. you're talking about it, and uh, you know what? Before he was probably hiding it in himself. You know, he, he was hurting me. He couldn't open up, but now in social media, he, he kind of he's happy. He's he's relaxed. He's you know what? Nobody really judge him. He mm. wants to show that you know what. I've got something that I have to deal with it, but I'm proud. I want to do it. I'm, I'll push my son to be the best and to do the right thing. This is you want to see, but when he was a player, he couldn't do it mm. because it, he's, he becomes a vulnerable. But now you can see him, he's more relaxed, he's more open about it, and it's great to see. And it's, you know, great mentioning. I do follow him, and every time he put, uh, posts a picture of his son, I, I love seeing it, you know, mm. what? because he do, does it with love. He does it, he's very relaxed now. He don't let other. He don't care if other one judge him now, because you know he finish. He does different things, and and he get more. He's more relaxed. But like Kev said, you know what? It's it's the pressure of everything. How you're gonna be judged, and this is the problem. You you don't like to be judged. Adam. You, mm, you yeah. don't like to be. Nobody likes to be judged. But unfortunately, that's the way it is. And uh, athletes, they're in the spotlight all the time. Everything you do, you blink. They talk about you. Yeah. And you've got to remember, everybody's different. Everybody handles things different. The Paul, what Paul Scholes was going through, very strong character, mm. blocked it out. As you said, he didn't even tell Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. Just kept it to himself and got on with it. Strong mind. We've been in dressing rooms where somebody's child is sick and th their training goes down. Their form goes down. And you could say, you, you could understand why the form <coughs> goes down. But the fans don't, the fans don't know because this is the things that's going in internal. Mm. So then as a captain, then you say, right, let's rally around him. Let's make sure he's all right. Let's take him out. Let's do something to try and lift him up because we're all going through something. You know, we are all going through something. But some characters... Not that they're weaker, just deal with things differently. And that's all part and parcel of being a captain or in a dressing room and recognising it. Because you've got a team with you guys. Mm. And if somebody is struggling, what are you going to do? If you see them struggling, 
Some people leave them. So, well, I can't really deal with that. But the key is, if you're part of a good group, you've got to make sure he's all right. Yeah, yeah Adam, that, that is an example for you, okay? You've got <clears throat> half of a team that like a dream, half of the team don't like a dream. So how are you going to put them together? You know, what, what, what are you going to do? So you want half of that to be happy and the other half to be happy, but you have to find a solution. Mm. What you do? Well, you take them for a drink, half of them won't like it. They'll leave in a, after an hour. You take them for a go-karting, there's no drink involved, the other half will go, what are you doing? This is not a type of it. So finding a balance, understanding what they need, finding where, what to do, how to do it, satisfying everything, because at the end, is it's about when they go back to that training ground, when they go on the pitch, I trust, Kev is my teammate. I have to trust him. I need to know about him. You know what? As a captain, we find... We, we spend more time about understanding about the person rather than the player. Mm. You know, playing in the Premier League, he's there because he deserves to be there. He's talented I, enough to yeah, be there, yes. I don't have to talk about him, you know, pass it that way or pass it this way or shoot that way. That, no, he's there for a reason. But what you have to that, mental health. You, see, mm. you either have a mentally strong characters, and we suffer in silence. Nobody wants to show. Mm. And this is where you have to dig in really deep to understand what exactly happened in his head. Some players are re res resistant to it. Mm. Some player will not let you in. You have to be patient, you have to dig in, you have to push in the right direction to manage to get something, something that you can change so you can help him. I sometimes wonder how fans would feel about criticizing a player when the truth comes out down the yeah. line. The best example for me, current example, would be Paul Pogba. Yeah, like, exactly. He's one of the probably top five most criticized players in the entire world, mm. Paul Pogba. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this justifies his entire career at Manchester United, which didn't hit the heights it should have, you would argue. But to have your own brother, allegedly, I should add, allegedly trying to extort money from you to be held at gunpoint in Paris, I mean, that's just mental. And you have to deal with that, the fans, what they're saying, and the expectations of you on the pitch mm. because your name is Paul Pogba, mm -hmm. World I, Cup winner. Yeah, but Adam, what, it's mad. You know, as a player, this, this is the funny thing. The sooner you declare yourself fit, doesn't matter what problems you go, you step on that pitch, you become, people start judging you straight away. Mm. What you do, how you play, you know what, your team lose, it's going to be you because you're the biggest son. And this is go back to the point, everything is related. It's about big brands for the players mm. that cannot do it. So he will go, I'd rather stay on the headlines, you know, I'd rather be up there, I don't want to do, not many can do it. I'll tell you my own experience, when I went to Aston Villa, first couple of months, I was Shocking. Sorry. You can use what shit. Yeah. You can say yeah, language. Yeah, I, I can say it. But I, I, I was really poor because of transition of, uh, of new players coming in, other players coming in, unhappiness, you know, happy players coming, unhappy living. And you know what? We play, I remember we played Fulham and we were, we were losing 2-1. And I walk into the, you know, the tunnel is like closed and you can hear people, it's like, Petrov, you shit, Petrov, go back to Scotland. When you have this in your mind, you know, you're walking in, you know that you're not playing well. You know that your teammates are looking you back mm -hmm. because you're not perform at the level you can perform. You've got the fans in your back. And because I've, I've been through it, mm. this is why you, be, you build up leaders, you know, through these kind of moments. For me, it was like a motivation. Mm. But I've seen oh, players so crumble. crumble. Mm. Yeah. You know, you've seen players, you know, they, they hear and you say, don't pay attention. You go back on Monday. He's struggling. You can see he don't talk to anyone. He don't want to be in training. He don't try. He don't run. What do you do? 
by the way, he told you you're shit. He told me a shit. Now rather me concentrate on myself, I have to concentrate on you as well. Mm. And another 10 players because we're all shit. Mm. But this is the thing that you have to really mm. consider when you're a captain, when you're a leader. And sometimes you have a, you have, you have natural captain. They, they don't wear the armband. And then you look for their help. You, you ask, and Kev talks about the bubbly one, the one that does, mm. you use them. You make sure that they do the right thing. You stir them in the right direction. If you know your teams, if you know, you know the personalities, you can use them because you can't do it on your own. If anybody thinks that you can do it on your own, you're in the wrong place. And, and one, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. And one act from the Joker in the dressing room <laughs> oh. can break the ice everybody mm. you know and it, it's funny this is where Gaza was fantastic I remember one time at Everton where we we're going for a tough time I said to Gaza Gaza who, who are you gonna play a practical joke on he said is it the right time I said who are you gonna play a practical joke on today so we said Abel Xavier you know Abel, oh, with the Abel had the there and yeah. stuff so he said he's gonna play a practical joke on him so so I said, make sure it's when we finish training and, you know, you know, shower and getting dressed. So he said, OK, no problem. So Gaza goes in quickly, comes back out smiling, you know. So we train, we finish, we stretch, we do all the bits and pieces. Shower. So everybody's in the dressing room and Abel's there, he takes his time, you know, and he starts to put, put, you know, put his trousers on. And stuff. Next minute, one of the trouser leg falls off. Oh! Now you could imagine what the dressing room does, right? Yeah. The dressing room, <laughs> the, everybody just falls about laughing, and he looks straight at Gaza, straight at Gaza. He said, "I know it's you, Gascoigne. I know it's you." But that broke the ice for all yeah. the all the pressure that was on the team. Mm. That broke the ice. Had a laugh, and we could get on with it. And he did get Gaza back, by the way. What did he do? In a bad way. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I have to know. So yeah. it was, it was, it was Valentine's Day. Oh my God. And Gaza came in. Gaza was dressed to the nines in uh, trousers, a shirt, and a waistcoat with hearts on it mm -hmm. because Cheryl was coming up from London, flying her up to Merseyside, and Gaza was nervous. You know, you know. You know, take her out and, and we're gonna have a great time. So Abel, Abel said, Kev, please, I've got to get him to that. I said, listen, it's open season. It's open season. So Gaza smoked um, cigarettes because he was nervous, right? So he was, we finished training and he was outside the, the building, the training uh, facility. So we're all talking to Gaza outside and Gaza likes to walk around. So he's walking around and all the the dirty water from cleaning the boots. Abel went and got it and oh. walked up to the top window. Ooh. So Gaza's there smoking, you know. So we're asking about show, you know, so what time she get in here and stuff? Because we know it's going to happen. And Gaza's like, yeah, no, you know, what's the time, guys? You know, anyway, all you heard was, hey, Gascoigne, <laughs> how are you? So Gaza looks up and Abel tips the water oh. and it goes all over him. He's got grass in his head, dirty water. It's grass and mud everywhere. And Gaza bursts out crying. He starts oh. crying. He says, she's going to kill me, guys. She's going to kill me. So <laughs> what we've done, we, we spoke to the 
the kit man, Jimmy Martin, and we said to Jimmy, Jimmy, don't give him any of the new training kit or anything. You've got to get the oldest shell suit you can find. A shell suit? A shell suit. Oh. That's how old they're talking about. <laughs> so you can imagine, Gaza, Jimmy, you've got to look after me. So Gaza ended up going to pick Cheryl up from the, from the airport in a shell suit. And, sh and shoes. Oh, <laughs> you know, I've real, I've realised one thing. Kev is a very cool customer, oh, very man. cool customer. So I want to know did Gasgoin ever try to prank you, and if so, yes, he did. What was his best prank on you? Well, he tried. Okay. But I was always wary of Gasgoin. Let me tell you, and you always had to check your underwear <laughs> because what he would do, he'd put deep heat in. Oh, oh. I've seen it. You've seen it, Stan. Yeah. He put DP in. He'd do four or five. And I, but there's a distinct smell. Oh, yes. As you know. But a lot of lads will just put this stuff on and be driving home. And then they're driving uh, home. Then they're going to have to stop. They, they have to come off. You yeah. can't. But I, I always, anytime Gasco was in, I always checked. Always checked. Mm. Always. Gaza, Gaza got virtually everybody. Except? He didn't get me. Ah. And the, the funny thing is, I, the boys do do uh, build up a, a, a different respect to, to the captain, to the people, that, to the person that, that, that leads, because they know the, there's boundaries there. They know what, what they can do, what they cannot do. And uh, this is important. The sooner you reach that level, you know that you're doing something right. Mm -hmm you know you're not doing something right and you have to keep that legacy. Yeah. Of course, because to be a captain, to be a leader, you have to be trusted. People have to follow you. You, you have to understand that it's, it, they have to follow, but you, they have to follow in the right direction because sometimes you can have the wrong ones. You have mm. the wrong ones, that, that you go in a Ooh. different direction. Let me spin this another way. When it comes to bonding with a team, particularly a new team, what if you don't speak the language? Because I well, know you had to work in a food truck when you got to Scotland. The burger van, you mean? The burger van, sorry. The burger van. <laughs> he was working in a burger van yeah. to learn English. Uh, and you went Turkey. to Turkey. Turkey. And I don't think you knew any Turkish. I at that knew point, no man. Turkish. All I knew was Turkish delight. That's the only thing I knew. Um, for me, going to Turkey, it was probably the biggest challenge of my career because you're going somewhere you don't know anybody. Mm. It's a new country. It's a Muslim country. Mm. The culture, the, the culture, and the itself, culture yeah. is totally different than what you're used to. But I thought to myself, this is a great challenge for me. Great challenge. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how I get across. So, you know, you go in there and you, you, you play and you train and stuff like that. And certain players speak English and certain players don't. So you tend to stick with the ones who are English speaking to start with. And then you start to to learn the bad words. Yeah. That's always the case. That's always the case. You learn the bad words. It's a good starting point. Yeah. That's a good starting point. Yeah. And then the staff, you speak to the staff. Some of them speak broken English. Some of them speak no English at all. But you're speaking to them and you're always saying the bad words and, you know, they're, they're laughing and the players are setting you up. And, but you've got to allow that. You've got to allow the players to set you up to know, 
actually he's all right. And then you start, I start to get more of a grip of, of understanding a bit of Turkish and, and stuff like that. He, he's there for, that's what they appreciate. They appreciate yeah. that he really is. Yeah, when, when I went to Scotland for me, uh, I found it really difficult, as, you know, uh, uh, because when I went, I went to a dressing room, John Barnes was a, was a manager, mm -hmm. and I went to a dressing, unhappy dressing room. I was young, unexperienced, no language, uh, no friends, no family around me, no, nobody. So, but what, what we as a players, we have dreams and you know, we want to follow it. Some of us want to fight in a different way. And uh, I wasn't ready to give up on that dream, you know, and I, it, it, I could see it's fading away because it's, I was getting away from the dressing room. You know, if you don't play well, you understand, but I wasn't in a conversation. I wasn't in a dressing room. I could see, you know, I go in the morning and, you know, when you don't put the effort, when you don't there, players are looking in a different way. You know, the, the perception of you, who you are, what you stand for is completely different. So I, I, I decided that I have to do something. I have to do something. You know, people talk about that. I have to go and listen in a, in a burger van, you know, how to play sword or how to learn, you know, learn different phrases and go and use them the next day. Uh, you know what, well, if I get injured, you know, a little part of the body because I need to show what's wrong with me. And there was, there was, there was nobody there to help. So I either don't try, don't put the effort and just go back to Bulgaria. I wasn't ready to do that. I was ready to fight. I was ready to prove people wrong that I deserved to be there. I wanted to be there. So for me, it was like, okay, what do I have to do? I have to do this, I have to do that. Yeah, if he's right, if he's wrong, well, the future will show. But I had a direction, I wanted to do yeah. something. And this is the thing is, uh, said, is that effort you put. You know, the funny thing is, as soon you start going and good morning, and how are you and that, mm. players are straight away, mm. their eyes mm. open up. And it was like, oh, this is different. What is he trying to do? And you get into, more into it and you understand. And when you just don't speak the language, you, when you don't communicate, you don't know what the other ones are thinking. Mm. You don't know what they think of you. But I told that everybody hated me. When, when I start speaking the language, actually it was the opposite way. Total opposite, yeah. They want to help me, but I didn't put the effort. You know, I was coming in and I would, I would just try to avoid the conversation, train and go home, train and go home. It would never want to work. And mm. that's why I wanted to put the cover. Another thing is like being in a cinema, watching three, three, three films in a row. But this is, this is what I had to do. I had to sacrifice resting and, you know, prepping for training and games and that. So I can fit in that environment because I didn't want to give up. This is why I love seeing things like you see uh, Tammy Abraham or Tamori mm, in Italy. Exactly. And they're just suddenly yeah. speaking almost perfect. Well, I can't speak Italian, but it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. And they're making the effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I should add that it's not just that you went to, to Britain, you went to Scotland. Oh. And, you know, the accent, because my wife, I mean, she speaks English, but she went to the UK for the first time to Newcastle. And if you've been to Newcastle, you know, they have their own accent. <laughs> it's even thicker in Scotland. They have the Scottish accent. Yeah. I mean, that must have been pretty difficult. And the culture in Scotland can be a bit different he, to the rest of the world, ever, ever, let alone England. Listen, every, every, everything was diff different. I, um, I've experienced really difficult moments as a, as a young kid. Because mm -hmm. I went as a young kid, he's not... He's not UN as a mature player, and you, you know, you've been through it. A lot harder. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it becomes even more difficult. It becomes because 
as a young kid, you, you face challenges that you don't have a solutions for. You don't know what is right or what is wrong. You know, you don't have a family or friends yeah. to, to come and say, hey, listen, God, you know, I, I remember speaking with my, my wife, uh, current wife, and, uh, you know, she was my girlfriend, and she asked me a question. How do you speak with people? I said, I, I don't speak with people. She said, what do you mean? I, said, I don't speak. I go to training, and I go home, and I just, I just sit home. This is stressful, but wait, even if you have a leader, if you have a captain, how is he going to help you? Yeah. So, so it's, it's amazing Stan says that, because what, when, I, when I was made captain, and it's, it was mostly British players at Everton at the time, but I always, I learned this from Tony Adams, no matter who comes in that dressing room, you've got to make sure they feel part of it. Mm. you got to make sure. So what I would have done, I would have found out where a Bulgarian restaurant or a shop was, and I would have said to Stan, Stan, you're coming with me after training. And I would have found somewhere. So he felt, wow, the captain took me somewhere where I could communicate, mm. etc., and maybe we could get a freeway or four-way going with the people in the shop because mm. they speak the lang language. Yeah. For me, that is really important. Mm. Tommy Gravison came to the club, Thomas Radzinski, all of these guys. You've got to try and put them under your wing. You're the captain. They're new. Who's going to look after them? Because normally, when you're not captain, you look after yourself. Normally, you, you, know, you have your, your, your friends, but you train and you go. These guys live in a hotel. Not acceptable. Adam, you, you know, little, little things that help. I mean, last night, me and Kev, you, you, I'm first time here and what you did yesterday, you know, it shows the leadership of what you try to do. You took us to for dinner, my first time, and everyone was there. Mm -hmm. All the team was there. So we met them, we introduced them, we had a little laugh. You know, uh, it, it, we, we had a conversation. We know what everybody stands for. But you made that effort to, to feel as welcome. Mm -hmm. Of course. Kevin's been to, here, yeah. but you have to. Not many people do it. I travel around the world. Not many people yes. do it. Mm. And this is the leadership. This is what, what mm. you do. The little things. doesn't matter if you're an athlete or business or whatever yeah. it is. This is important things. The human, human, human element, element yeah. is it, it's a big thing. And it breaks the ice. It gives you a different opportunity. It opens uh, different uh, 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 opportunities for you as a as a team. And yesterday, look at look at us. Now. We're Kill. just relaxing. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're yeah. good because everything was done yesterday. You you guys made me feel welcome. Kev is always welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that was key for me is that I didn't know how well you two know each other. <coughs> and I realized the more you two know each other, the better it is for TV. Of course. And yeah. chemistry. Of course. But you know, we, we, we probably met once or twice. Once or twice yeah. before. Once I, or I, twice. I wasn't sure how well you guys, yeah. I mean, we, I've met both of you. Oh, very well. Plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. Now you do. It's a different story. But, but uh, it, it, you know, since 
we can't together. It's, it's about both being captains, both understand what we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's just straight away, back and forth, back and forth, yes. what we're doing, how we're doing it, you know, stories, what we're doing. It. We, we've got mutual friends and, you know what, talk about things. And we know that you don't waste time. What, no. you, you come to the point that you don't have to. You just get involved and you relax. And, you know, last night we had a, you know what, drink together. And, you, you know what, we, we discussed a lot of things. We, we talked about a life. lot of things. Talk life. Yeah. Mm. We talk life because yeah. at the end of the day, whether you're captain or you're not a captain, mm. you know, football's been our life. Yeah, it really has been our life. And uh, getting that across to, to people who are listening to this podcast is very, very important. Being a captain, being part of a group, being part of something that's bigger than the individual mm. is so important. And then to get success as a group. I don't think many people understand how much it takes to get mm. success yeah. as part of a group. I, on my day-to-day -day life in, in this organization, I, I do a lot of stats-related stuff. And sometimes it becomes very easy to get sucked into this narrative of looking at football from a very cold point of view where it's just tactics, stats, Data. and looking at players as yeah. robots who are supposed to execute certain things on the pitch that sometimes you overlook just how much of human element there is mm. behind every single one of these teams and players and characters and i remember reading i think it was sir alex's book leading and just being so mind blown by how it was everything around how do you run a team from a manager's point of view to a captain's point of view is so academic it is so human it is so it involves instincts, it involves... And sometimes people don't see that. Because mm. every day, when a team loses, you open Twitter, it's it's 4-2-3-1, it's 4-3-3, it's, you know, double pivot. It's That's the football discourse sometimes, which is, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes it eliminates every single thing you guys have been talking about for the last 20 minutes. Human uh, element. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it's a human element, but you, you've seen so many documentaries now, you know, Man City mm. and Tottenham and that. And you, you, a great point. You, you don't see stats or you don't see, you say motivational speakers, mm -hmm. people that push the group yes. to go to the next, to the, to the, to the places that you've never been. You know, you're talking about Pep Guardiola, you're talking about, you know, Mourinho. Push them to yeah, the limits. It's, it's about, uh, we're struggling, how are we going to get there? You don't mm. look for him to go through the stats and that. He talk about, you know, human beings, you know, guys, we need to get there. By getting there is what we need to do. Passion, this is what emotion, you've got. Mm. And this is films are about this. This is part it's important part of it as well. But it's a very small detail. Mm. It's it's interesting we bring up the man motivation part because you look at I've never heard anybody really come out and say Sir Alex was an amazing tactician. Mm. Yeah. He was a man manager. Same thing about Zidane when he was at Real Madrid mm -hmm. to great success. No one's come out and said, oh, he's a genius tactically. We reserve that more for a pep. I think Klopp seems to be very much a, a motivator and not saying they have zero knowledge on tactics, but they have lots of staff that kind of handle that. It, that's how I view yeah. it. Um, Carlo Ancelotti and what he's been able to achieve at AC Milan and at Chelsea yeah. and of course Real Madrid again. Even with Carlo Ancelotti recently, I was reading an incredible anecdote from Antonio Rudiger mm. who said that the day he joined Real Madrid. And this is a Rudiger that has played under so many managers, yeah. been to the World Cup. Won um, the Champions he's League. He's won the Champions League. Uh, he's played, you know, been under Thomas Tuchel and everyone. 
but he said that never before in his life did he get treated by a manager the way Carlo treated him because he said I think it was his second or third day at Real Madrid and Carlo knocks on his door and came to visit his family yes. and just sat down, yeah. had a meal, spoke to his entire family, understood who they were because he said that was so... And you rarely hear stuff like that these yes. days, right? Because it's, yeah. it's that human element again. Human touch. That human touch makes all the difference. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you just imagine you're, you're a top player and three clubs are interested in you. And you go for talks with all the, all the clubs. The money's the same virtually everywhere you go. The clubs are just virtually the same size. What's, what's, what's the determination which way where you go? The determination where you go probably is the person you feel most connected to. Mm. Mm. And Carlo Ancelotti and the top managers, that's what they do in abundance. Sir Alex Ferguson's done it for years. Carlo Ancelotti, he's learnt, well, he was, a, he was a top player. Zidane's done it. That's how these guys win the dressing room. Because you've, you've got to win the men. You've got to win the men in the dressing room. Particularly in clubs like that, where there can be a lot of egos. Well, big, the, the not, not, not could be. There are a lot of big egos. <laughs> Real Madrid, there's huge egos. Because they're winners. And you, Carlo Ancelotti comes in, they know very safe, Andy. Yeah. They know he's been through what I've been through. Mm. He understands it. But to hear him knock on a player's door going and see his family that for me is right at the top yeah. it's uh, <clears throat> you rather have a person who's going to run through a brick wall for you mm. than a, a good tactician and I'll tell you what because it comes a point in the season a lot of moments in the season that you have to go that extra mile yeah. you have mm. to push extra you know what we can talk about stats and tactical decision we'll Matt, talk about red zone yeah <laughs> Matt, no Matt, 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 you know, used to be he's another one who is who's you know we never done tactical session with him he, Adam you know he you know you speak to him a lot ah he, he was very simple man I remember we you know one game he's given a position and set pieces and uh, I was saying well, what is my position and he went uh, Stan what I want you to do in that position just go and head the ball don't think about anything else. Don't let anybody go in front of you. Go and hit it. Go and attack that ball. That's what I want you to do. You know what? Since that day, when I was in that position, that's mm. why I'm here. I adjust my own because the flight of the ball, in-swingers, out-swingers, you adjust because he's giving you one simple thing. Instruction. Go and hit the ball. That's it. You can give me a number of positions, but if you're not willing to go... So what you got me is that doesn't matter where you stand, what you do. If you're not willing to go and hit that ball before the opposition, it doesn't matter. It's funny, you should, I was going to mention Martin O'Neill's name because he played with him, obviously, under him twice. Early on, I can just imagine you sitting in a court of law next to Martin because he loved to go and watch court cases. <laughs> so you got Stan Petrov sitting there wondering what's happening. you got Martin O'Neill who's fully engrossed in, in the court case and so forth. I, I want to also know, who was the best captain you had? I know you both operated as captains, but before that, if you had to put one name forward to lead... Uh, Kevin Campbell, 11. Tony Adams. Ma Tony Adams for you. Yeah. And such a young captain as well. Which yeah, was 21, wasn't he? As captain. But honestly, captaincy was remarkable. Remarkable. What, what was it about him that made him so remarkable as a captain, as the skipper? I think for, for me, 
he knew what to do at the right time all the time. He knew the right thing to say. He knew what player to put his arm around, what player to leave alone, what player to have a go at. And he knew exactly how to motivate the group. And that, that took some doing at Arsenal because the, some, there were some characters in that dressing room. And the regime was tough. George Graham was, was tough to deal with. He was a tough manager. But he said, if you want to be winners, this is what we've got to do. Because he knew. He'd been part of a double winning side at Arsenal. He knew what it needed. And he needed a captain who could be not only his, his, his leader, but be the controller of the group. And that was mm. Tony at 21. And I learned so much from Tony um, coming up, coming through. And don't forget, Tony went through... You know, we talk about tough time, fans having a go at you. Do you remember all the the donkey chants? Yeah, yeah. Mm. He went through a tough time where every ER and donkey and da, da, da. And he always used to say, bring it on. That's what he used to say. So you imagine, I'm a youngster and I'm maybe not even playing. I'm, you know, I'm there to like, help with the skips and do the boots, wanting to be involved. And he says, bring it on. Nothing, nothing will break it. Nothing will break me. That's our captain. Mm. That's what you want to hear. So for me, Tony. And then he went on to have such a great career. Fantastic. Phenomenal. He's got a statue outside the, uh, the stadium for a yeah. reason. For, for a reason. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was. Uh, you probably. I think you remember that yeah, Krasimir Balakov. Do you remember oh, him? Oh, okay. Balakov, oh, that's a throwback yeah. name. Yeah, obviously captain of Sporting Lisbon, Stuttgart yeah. as well. He was my captain on the national team, and this is another environment that is a captain. People fly from all over the world. People have their problems. You don't see them all the time. You mm. don't see them day to day. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he just brought calmness in that national team because he was always first. He was always there. He oversee. He always the fittest. He always the strongest, most technical, and he always paid attention to every single details. He made sure that everybody comes in time. Put that in the rooms are sorted. Make sure that everybody's ready for training. Every doing right, doing the right things. And before the game, he paid attention to everyone. So, as much as he was a great person and a great player, he made sure everybody felt ready to perform mm -hmm. for the Bulgarian national team. And when you have somebody like that, you want to go back. Yeah. You want to play for him. You want to be part of him. So he brought a, a real calmness about in the national team because. He was from a different generation. He came with a, a lot younger players. So he had to adjust to the way mm -hmm. we were thinking. Because sometimes you go, as a young boy, you go, ah, what is he thinking? But you will follow him. I would say, he even, you know, That's the he used the cream, he even smelled nice. Yeah. When you yeah. go, he's like, hey, it's quality. It's quality. Yeah, yeah. You've got every single aspect to be a great. So I'll probably pick him. Wow. Okay. That's incredible. I, 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 I want to touch a little bit about the, that, that time when you were at Celtic Stan. Um, you know, early stages, very difficult. I remember that conversation you said with your girlfriend where you said you didn't speak to anyone. Who was your first set of buddies in that dressing room? Because one of the most unusual relationships that comes in my head is when I look at Park Ji Sung, Patrice Evra, and Carlos Tevez in the United dressing room. Three individuals from what? Three different continents, mm -hmm. but somehow they forged a bond and that carried them through that dressing room. What was that for you at Celtic? Uh, it was funny, it was Marviduka. Uh, <laughs> because obviously, if I, eat, I could only play with him for six months because he left after that. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Leeds. But uh, the funny thing is, is why? 
it's why this is this is what is right because he's he, he speak Croatian and, mm. and 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 he's the similar language to me so straight away you try to find he's like uh, you know, it's a it's a bond, isn't it? It's yeah. You can't swim. You try to grab to anything that can to survive. And my survival was Mark Viduka because I can go in the morning and I can say a few words in my language. I feel part, little part of me is like, I'm happy to speak with him, mm -hmm. but nobody else. So Mark Viduka was the fun, but he left after six months. Oh. And, and funny, when I started speaking the language was uh, Mark Birchill and Jackie McNamara. Oh, okay. They were kind oh. of uh, young yeah. girls. Yeah. And they, they, were, they were kind of felt the, you know, my struggles and they, they can see I've, I've tr I've, I'm trying, I'm trying to get into it. So they were the two that, that tried to, nice to help me. Interesting. I mean, when it comes to joining a side, though, this is another thing that fascinates me. And I think this can go a long way to getting a young player or new player, whatever age they are, to, to be one of the team. That's the initiations, the singing and, the, singing and, and all, all of that. Yeah. There's a little smile on your face. I'm there. a bad singer. I could say well, that. Well, I can't sing. I can feel for Cal. Bob Marley always. Ah, yeah, there me. you go. Okay, which Bob Marley? Bob, Bob Marley. Three Little Birds. Three Little, Three little birds. birds. Yeah. Yeah, Three Little Birds always work for me. Um, but it's funny. When the initiations come, that you do it with a smile, you do it willingly, because I know many people aren't comfortable standing standing on a chair or, you know, singing, you know, singing voice. Footballers ain't singers, that's for sure. They're not singers. But World to, in motion, I beg to differ. But anyway, I'm joking. I'm joking. Memphis yeah. Depay has got an album out. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, that's, but is it a singing album? Yeah, that's the no, whole no. But no. Uh, rap is different. Yeah. You know, rap is different. But I think the team want to see a part of you vulnerable. Mm. They've got to see that. Mm. And once a team see that, again, when we're youngsters, we're, Stan will tell you, the people who do, the youngsters who do the boots at Christmas, have to sing a, a Christmas song. Oh, do they? Yeah. As well? To get, yeah, to get the, and that's how, as a youngster, the first team start to know your character. But you don't want to look too cocky as a youngster by being no, too confident, No, right? but or... you want to, hey, listen, this, there's, there's money riding on it as ah. a youngster. So you want to do the best song you can think of. So whether it's a Christmas carol or it's a, just a song or whatever, that comes out. But obviously on the initiation, Whenever you join, you do your song. You do it with gusto. If it's rubbish, the first team will usually say, get off, you know, you get pelters. But that's all part and parcel yeah, yeah. of it. But this what, is that we talked about the updates of being captains and environments and that different generation. You know, I felt when I, I don't know if you felt the same, okay, but before, now it's like singing and that. Before, you have to deserve your place in that dressing room. That's why you're saying a young one, you know, you clean the boots, you have to get the ladder. Now it's like, there you go, this is a, this is a, a way, way, where you belong, show us what you can do. And they, there's no way back. Before you have to build it up, you earn have to it. step up, you have to earn oh. that. Now it's like, there you go, straight in, straight in. And this is the other thing you talk about. Oh, this yeah. is what, you know, it's, it's what, what you show, what you, what you are in, in the club. Before is not. You have to deserve your place in that dressing yes. room, and it takes time. Sometimes you never feel part of it.
What was your song though? Your if I had to make, sing, if you had to sing, no, I, I can't sing. I'm I'm really bad. You know, I'm one of these singers that I can't even get the rhythm. That's how bad uh, I. Yeah, well, you, well, you know, for you, a Bulgarian song would be perfect. Yeah, I'll probably sing the national anthem. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would have done. Okay. Okay. The, <laughs> Bulgar <laughs> the Bulgarian <laughs> song would be that would be fine, and everybody would be like, no, 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 no. Honestly, we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it would be fun. You yeah, know, yeah. Be fun. that's what I've done, Adam. I'll tell you what. You know, I don't have the rhythm of singing. Honestly, Same. yeah. Same. I can, you know, we can discuss things and stuff, but singing, oh my God, I went to do a karaoke with my wife. She said, never again. <laughs> this, is, this is how bad I am. This I is how bad I am. I understand. Uh, Three little birds. That's my, your new song. Okay. Three little birds. You can do that. I know. My, my uh, half-sister, she was an opera singer. And I swear to God, she just took all the genes and she's number one as well so she didn't need <laughs> any for anybody else because i can't sing i have no rhythm an opera singer's up there and then you have and me and stand at the bottom it's funny i've seen a player singing bob the builder this is how oh, bob the builder god he said guys just to let you know it, it was uh you'll see what he said this is what i've been Watching with my kid every single time, so yeah. I got it. I've got <laughs> it. Right. So he just started Bob the Field. It was brilliant. People ah, love it. They'll brilliant. respect that. Yeah, yeah. Respect it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. If and everybody joined as well. Yeah. It was quality. I think, I think Kim Min Jae, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who just joined Napoli to play centre back, when he first joined, I think there was a lot of scepticism. Who's this guy coming in from Korea? Initiation song, he sang Gangnam Style. Yeah. And even danced it. Yeah, and immediately, yeah, yeah. everybody broke cried. Broke the ice. Yeah, exactly. broke the ice. Yeah. Broke the ice. What was, <laughs> what was your favourite initiation you saw? I think it was, it might have been here, right, you know. At Arsenal, obviously. Yeah, at Arsenal. I don't know, I can't even remember what song it was, but it was crazy. You could imagine everybody was up and clapping and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it was Righties. Righties was really good. But mine was after Boris, you know. Do remember the, the Polish goalkeeper? goalkeeper. Mm. Oh, he was, he was the cool. holy goalie. The holy goalie. He was just. He had his uh, music on the phone. Yeah. He had a little like uh, on a table, little drums and stuff like that <laughs> with the plate. He with was a, prepared, a, right? Honestly, he was a brilliant. <laughs> he, he, creativity for me was incredible, mm. and he was straight away. He, I remember Gordon Strachan got him. Uh, we went on a preseason. He just joined us, and nobody knew anything about Arthur. And when he performed that, everyone was like, Oof. "What? What song though?" Uh, I can't remember the song, but I remember it was uh, he was playing. I think it was a Polish song, and he was at uh, this rapping thing. So he, he was he was getting the obviously the form, the brilliant. song, and he was brilliant. singing, and he just tapping on that. It was brilliant. What a throwback! Yeah, yeah. And this is this is another one as a, as a captain and that handling out the bullets. <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> it takes it, it takes nerves. Hard, I tell totally you hard work. Goalkeepers are hard work. Goalkeepers are hard work. Trust me, getting them getting them on the same plane. I know players. Adam, you know the funny thing is like uh, certain players you have to deal a certain ways, and sometimes you're gonna have the bad looks. Mm. You're gonna have mm. the bad looks. Oh, you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna you're gonna be oh, Brad was Brad's brilliant. Brad was Brad was brilliant. I'll tell you what, Brad was Brad was great for the dressing room. Brad was great on the pitch because he was mature, he was wiser, he was like a father figure. Yeah. Mm. He was like a father figure. So we'll listen to him, we'll, we'll discuss it, but he won't get involved in certain things. He'll just let it go. Mm. He knew what he's good at, he knew what he had to do, but Brad was really important on, on the pitch. He was so calm, he was yeah. relaxed, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And when you have a goalkeeper like that, you don't have to do much. Yeah. 
he does it for you. Yeah. And you just you just support him. You make sure he's, he he does the right thing, and he don't switch off because the sooner you switch off, and you switch off, there's a certain things that you don't put across. And when he's behind you, you you want him to do it right every single time. Yeah. Who were the goalkeepers at Everton? You you had to, uh, Thomas uh, Thomas Myra. Myra, yeah. Had Thomas Myra had uh, Paul Gerrard, had Richard Wright, Ooh. had Nigel Martin. He looks like an easy man to, to captain. Yeah, that, Nigel Martin. Nigel. Listen, they're, they're, they're all crazy. They're, okay. They're all goalkeepers are crazy. They're different breed, huh? But they're just different levels. Differing levels of craziness. <laughs> Nigel Martin was <coughs> quite quiet. But had his moments. But for instance, I was always first in, and Nigel used to drive him for bleeds. So he used to get in. I used to train first. Then we were doing the crossword. We'd be up in the canteen doing the crossword. All of us, you know, yeah. me and him. And he's like, "Oh, Kev, what's that? That that can't get this one. Well, what what is it? Do the crossword." So, you know, as a captain, that's me bonding with Nigel. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, and. and because it's just us and, and the staff. And there we are, and we get joined by the staff, we have a coffee, and we just be doing the crossword and having a chat. That's all, that's all he needed. He didn't need anything else because the goalkeepers, as I say, they're a different breed. They train, most of the time, they train away from the group. Mm. They train on their individual stuff. You know, talking about the quiz, John Robertson, Martin, on your assistant. Yeah. John Robertson used to sit at the front desk sometime in his car with his fag. And um, I never knew what he was doing. He was always there, he was always first. And one day we had a coffee and I say, Robo, why are you, what are you doing with these crosswords and stuff like that? You go, Stan, it wasn't really that. I'm always there assessing the language of the players. Sometimes we won't start the play. If I see him four or five days coming down and you know looking down and not performing well, we won't even talk to him. We, we just don't play him and make sure that we will take him out of that uncomfort zone, but we'll put him in right for the following week. And I'm like, really? He said, yeah, listen, I, I had to, you know, go back to Martin and discuss how everything goes. What, you know, who is late, who is not late. Have he, have he come in the right way? He's head down, head up, smile. Did he talk? Did he don't talk? These are little things that sometimes Feeling think, the temperature of yeah, the group. Ooh, honestly. Very important. Honestly. And you don't, you don't say that. I mean, you know, people talk about you've got psychologists now. You've got so many things. They were available before. They, they had to. No, the, the coaches, the manager and the coaches were the psychologists. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were. They had to be for the group. The coach especially. First team coach, the manager was maybe there. But somebody, it's usually the assistant manager, coach, is the one who connects to the dressing room. And he's the one who has to find out, you know, yeah. look at people. Is he all right? Is this, that, that one? Can, can I ask also, as a captain, how do you handle an ego? So, for example, Berbatov, national team. I've heard some stories about him. I have to say, he may not be the easiest person to, to get a handle on. And I know that you were captain and then you stepped away and he became captain. And then you became captain again after that. It's... But this is this is funny things. I've got a great relationship with Dimitar. I know Dimitar in a different way because he lets you in. You find a way to walk in. Yeah. Mm. Not many people does. Mm. 
Not many people does. He's incredibly smart man. Mm. He thinks in a completely different way. His way of football, way of interpretation, and what you have to do. Sometimes you've got loners, but they, they succeed because they're focused. They're really focused of what they want to do. They don't want to have distraction. They don't want to do this. And I've got great relationship. It's, you know, when people start understanding, when people get close, it's like, wow, I've experienced something different. Yeah, you do. But to get into people's, you know what, what, what he is and what, what, what he stands for is really difficult. Mm. Not many people, me and Kev, well, we'll let you in. We'll, we'll discuss it. We'll, we'll assess you very quickly. We'll know what, what to do. Some people are not like that. God. You have to find a way. Mm. Mm. And Berbatov is, you know what? I didn't even bother. What I just had to do is, how are you, everything okay? Do you need anything? No. I'll see you Saturday. That's what you need. Players will question me, ah, oh, but he, he's not training, he's playing at the back and that. Soon Saturday come. That boy was in a different level. Special. That, le special. that boy was in a different level. Even if I've explained to him what I've done it, they would not understand mm. because he was three, four moves ahead of us. Mm. <laughs> he was looking completely different bows and situation that we were looking at. But you know what? You just have to, you have to defend him because he's special. Yeah. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying before, you know, there's, there's a players in that you deal in a different way and group will come and question you. But you as a leader, you as a person who makes those decisions and lead in the right way, you have to stick with that. You yeah. say, listen, trust me. Do you trust me? And when you, when when you've done the right things in the previous, they go, okay, yeah. we'll trust you. Yeah. And they follow you. Yeah. They may yeah. not like it, but they follow yeah. you. The right leader. Yeah. Have you have you met a character like that as well, Kev? Someone that was very oh. difficult to get into. Um. There's been all sorts of different characters throughout my career. People who have been difficult, but understanding again understanding who you leave alone mm. because a lot of those guys who are high level they kind of breathe a different air mm. and they don't part partake in the in the conversation as much mm. but just like stan said you can trust them when it comes down to it on a match day they are there you know they're there but they don't need all the all the pampering and talk that the others do. That's all part and parcel of understanding your group. Some need it, some don't. Some, some need you to be at them all the time. Because that's what keeps them alive, because they switch off. The, the, the top guys, yeah. they're, they're just there. Yeah, they're yeah. there already. It's like you know. him at work. Yes, <laughs> What well, does he does ready. he have to keep you? No, he he, he keeps everybody motivated. He's <laughs> just there. He's got all that, his stats. This is and his, his, his motivation. Head. What motivate those players? Yeah. Another one, John Carew. Oh, big John. Big John Carew. Yes. Tell you what, if he turns up and he fancy it, nobody can. Unplayable. Unplayable. But the problem is, how are you going to make him interesting about uh, interested about mm. what he does every single day? Mm. John is different breed as well. Difficult character. You know, I, I found a way, to, you know, to get John, you know, ready for the games because that's what you needed, John. Mm -hmm. You'd ask him to train. No, no, he, he, he just don't fancy. He just, some players are built for Saturdays. Yes. Yeah. 
And people say, oh, you have to train. <laughs> no, some players are beautiful. That's where the, it really matter. And that's why you as a captain is like, listen, it is Saturday. I tr trust me, he will provide it Saturday. Yes. When Saturday, you find that little spark, that little thing that motivates him. Like you say, Kev, yeah. this is the great one. Mm. Mot motivation, what, how are you going to motivate that group, that individual? Mm. You find a way to do it. And yeah. when you find a way to do it, it becomes easy. A, okay. a, a few years ago, towards the tail end of John's career, there was actually a story that he was in negotiations with my hometown team over here in Malaysia. Mm. <laughs> Um, and I, th I remember everyone was just like, come on, get John Carew to Pera. But um, the, the move did not materialize. He would never train, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've gone over time a bit, so final question. Now, you, we've started this conversation by both of you saying you're the first in training. Is there a competition to be first in training? I, there's a story from Ronaldo, about Ronaldo. I think it was from Tevez, where when he went to United, I can't remember who it was, but... He would go early to training and Ronaldo's there, so he thought, okay, I'm going to come in half an hour earlier tomorrow. He gets in to Carrington, Ronaldo's there. <laughs> the next day, he comes in half an hour earlier, guess who's there? Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Is there competition to be first in training? If you two were teammates, would you be looking on the highway to see, oh, oh Kev's there, no, he's not there yet, okay. No, I don't think there'd be competition. I just think getting in early and doing your work has to be part of you. Now, it's not for me, it's not a competition. If I got there and Stan was at, at training, no problem. But I, I need the time to be able to do my work, recover, and then train with the first team. Finish training with the first team, and then do my last part of my training and then leave. That's what my life was like. And routine, Stan will tell you, routine is part of a footballer's life. You've got to do the routine. So whether Stan gets there early or doesn't get there early, for me, it, it does, it, that don't bother me. The key is I've got my program to do. So if Stan wanted to come in half an hour earlier than I did, they listen. But it wasn't as if, it wasn't as if I'd say, right, I want to get in for half past eight in the morning. Because I'm up early, a lot of the time, I'll say, right, I'll leave home at X today. And I'll just get in and do the work. Because you hardly sleep. <laughs> exactly. It's, um, it's the dedication and commitment, guys. It's, I'll ask Kev, Kev, what was your dream? What you wanted to become? Play football. Play football. I mean, having us two come in first, it would be a great sign for the club, for the club yeah. and for the other players. It won't be just us two. Mm. I'll bet you what, two months later will be another five. And you building, you create another five leaders. They're going to move to different places. They're going to do it right. You've created habits for those players. And the habits for us is like, I have to go in. Why? Because I have to be ready. I have to do my yoga, I have to do my stretch, I have to do my, my lower body to prepare for the training. And after training, I have to recover. Mm -hmm. Because on the next day, you have to do it again. Because if you want to be the best, if you want to lead, if you want to add on, you, there's no break. And this is, this is our mindset. All this, all this timing, sorry to just cut across your stand. No, it's all this timing of you go in, you train and you leave. No. 
If you want to have a long career and you want to be top player, you've got to treat your body as your business. Yeah. You've got to. Let me that's ask, what we've done. If you had to place a bet about who would be last to training, whose name would be first in your list, Kev? God. <laughs> last to training. Um, I'll, I'll go first at John Carew. <laughs> He's never on time. He's never on time. Uh, listen, yeah, that boy, some stories for that boy. He just, he'll jump, he'll be in London, he'll jump off the train, he'll be 20 minutes late, we'll be waiting for him. Uh, and uh, he, he, he would never be on time. But you know what he said once? This is my lucky charm. This is what I believe. Being late and people wait for me. Is, you know what? That means that the demand is even higher for me. I'm valued. That's true. Maybe yeah. You know, it's a funny valued. thing. And you think, oh, why is he keep doing it? Mm. Well, people do it in a different way. People are different from us. But if you manage to, to crack it, to understand it, it makes it easier. It's weird. Everybody was on time. Was Gaza always on time? Always. Gaza was one of the early group. Oh. When Gaza knew, came to the club, I'm in early, Gaza was in early. Nigel Martin was in early. Abel Xavier started coming in early. Richard Goff come in early. If you notice, a lot of the older players. Yeah. A lot of the older players. Maybe, I mean, Wayne Rooney, in early. Maybe a Franny Jeffers or someone who would... <laughs> Who would, you know, if it's a, you got to be in for 10, we've come in at 9.59. Yeah. But he was late. You know, Arsenal, you're always on time. Nobody messed about. This is, where, this is where the big teams are. Yeah. You've got, you've got that legacy that is, is set for you. Focus. There's not, there's a certain things that the previous captains, previous characters, they've set it for you. The stage is there. If you want to be there, that's where you have to follow. Mm. Yeah. That's where you have to follow, unfortunately. Everton, nobody, again, nobody was late. Yeah, Emmerich Aubameyang. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. But then he don't, he don't, he, he, I'm not he kicks you out. Room. He yeah. kicks you out. I'm not in that dressing room, you know. He kicks you out. I'm not in that dressing room. And ultimately, that's what cost him his place. Yeah. Okay, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Kish, would you kindly do the honours? No, I mean, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having Stan here first time. Um, I think some of the John Carew stories have been incredible. We could have a special um, just on John Carew. You can, still get, you can still get him to come and play. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I think, and I think today's episode has gone a long way in helping me forget about the Steve Bowles story we had earlier this week, yes. uh, oh. which has been traumatizing people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is true. Um, also, I'm going to monitor your social media to see what you say about Anthony Martial. Wait. I know uh, he's your favorite player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, so. I, I never post it on socials. So I keep my opinions private. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we're going to go find our friend Maria and enjoy our lunch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. More really, really soon. Bye for now.